This is AJ Hogue. Welcome to the Effortless English Show, the show that teaches you to speak English powerfully. How can you learn vocabulary faster and remember it longer and use it? That's our topic today on the Effortless English Show. Let's talk about vocabulary. Now, vocabulary is very important. Last week we talked to Steve Kaufman, who speaks over 13 languages. And last week Steve mentioned that in his opinion, vocabulary is much, much, much more important than grammar. That's interesting. Why did he say that? Well, I agree with him. And the reason is that with vocabulary, you can communicate. If you know words, you know their meaning, you understand them, when you hear them and you can use them, then you can communicate. Even with bad grammar, you can communicate. But without the words, there's no communication. So you might have perfect grammar, but if your vocabulary is very, very, very small, you can't say very much. So vocabulary is super important, very, very important. So this is a big question. It's an important question, how to learn vocabulary faster and how to remember it longer. Because many times we study vocabulary, and especially in schools in the old ways, we, we study this list of vocabulary, and we memorize it, and we remember it for the test, and we get a good score on the test, hopefully. And then what happens? Then often we forget. Or maybe not for a test. Maybe we're just trying to improve our vocabulary. So we study a list, we memorize it, memorize it, memorize it. And then what happens? A week later, maybe a few days later, we forget it. And so all that time feels like we wasted it. And indeed, just studying lists of vocabulary is mostly a waste of time. You waste a lot of time that way there are better ways to learn vocabulary. So it's important to find efficient ways, powerful ways, useful ways, effective ways, and enjoyable ways to learn vocabulary. So let's talk about how our brain works and a few techniques, a few strategies to learn vocabulary faster and remember it longer. Last week Steve Kaufman talked about context. So that's the first thing we'll talk about. Learning vocabulary from context. Now in Effortless English, in, in our seven rules, we talk about using real materials and using stories. 
this is the same idea. Basically what this means is that it's much more powerful to learn vocabulary from real situations, from some kind of situation. So you're not just learning an individual word from some list because then you're just learning a word and a definition when you do that old way, that school way. You learn a word and the meaning of the word. But there's no situation, so you really don't understand fully how to use that word. And you really don't understand the true meaning of that word because you have not seen it used in a real sentence, in a real story, in a real conversation. The other reason learning vocabulary from real situations, context, is important is because it's easier to remember. Let me, uh, let me uh, give you an example. Let's say you want to learn the word baseball bat. Two words, actually. Baseball bat. Maybe you come from a country that, where there's no baseball. So baseball bat, you want to learn this word. So a baseball bat, it's a, it's a long stick. It's used in the game of baseball. Now, one way to learn that word or phrase would be to study it in a list. Baseball bat, and then you look at the meaning or the translation. And you say it again and again. Baseball bat, baseball bat, baseball bat. And you look at the meaning and you try to remember it. That might work, but it might not. And it would be less efficient, less effective. A better way would be to go to a baseball game. Let's say you're, you're visiting the United States. You go to a baseball game, and then you notice the guy is holding something. You ask your friend, what's that? Oh, that's the bat. That's the baseball bat. They use it to hit the, hit the ball. And so you're in a real situation. You're at a baseball game. You're seeing the baseball bat, seeing it used. You're having a real conversation with a friend. And you really want to know the meaning of that word because you need it in that moment. You need it for the real situation. You're there in the game. In that situation, maybe they only need to tell you one time and you remember it and you never forget it again. Why? Because in your memory, you'll have this image. You'll have this picture of that game, of the player holding the bat, swinging it, hitting it. You'll remember your friend. You'll remember the conversation. All these things will be connected to the word or phrase baseball bat. And because of all these real-life connections, that vocabulary will get remembered, recorded in your brain more strongly. Therefore, you learn it faster, maybe just one repetition, and you have a better chance to use it in the future because it's more strongly in your memory. That's the power of learning something in a real situation, a real context. We can make this even more powerful because our memories work better with strong emotion. So let's, in, let's keep using this example, baseball bat. Let's imagine that during that game, a player walks up to you, he sees you, he walks up to you and he, and he has the baseball bat and he says, I'm gonna kill you! And he, he's about to hit you and, and your friend says, no, don't hit him with the bat! 
So what now what do you have? Now you have emotion, probably fear. You're, oh, this big player has a bat. He's going to swing it maybe and hit your head. And your friend yells, don't hit him or her, if you're a woman, with the bat. Don't hit him with the bat. Don't hit him with the baseball bat. Don't do it. So now again, you have your friend yelling the word bat or baseball bat. Again, you have a real situation, but now this real situation is very emotional. Right? You've got a strong feeling of fear. Oh, this big guy's going to hit you with the bat. Well, that fear, that strong emotion, actually will make the memory much, much stronger. And so you will really remember that word because of that whole situation. All of that is very easy to remember. Now, it can be any emotion. Fear is one strong emotion. It could be excitement. It could be, you know, a really high energy feeling. It could be enthusiasm. So the point is, though, that a more emotional situation is better for learning the word or learning words. Finally, actions help us with vocabulary, help us to learn vocabulary. So I talk about this in, in past videos, but in, uh, in Power English, in our Power English course, we use action vocabulary videos at the beginning to teach you this technique. The basic idea is that if you have a word you're trying to learn, you create some action, some movement that reminds you of the meaning. So again, let's say baseball bat. You're trying to remember this word. Well, instead of just saying baseball bat, baseball bat, baseball bat, you actually imagine in your mind the bat, the stick, right? And then you could make an action like you're holding the bat and you're swinging it like a baseball player. And you say, baseball bat. So now you're combining this action with the word. You're saying the word and you're using the action. At the same time, if you imagine a real baseball player swinging, and if you use emotion, so you do it in a powerful way, you don't just say baseball bat, baseball bat, that's not good. Instead, you use a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of emotion, and the action, and you say baseball bat, baseball bat, baseball bat. And you combine all that emotion and action and remembering some image or picture. Now, you will remember that word more quickly. You can do this with any word. Now, another easy way to get words from real situations is simply to read stories and listen to stories. This is why reading, reading novels, reading storybooks is so powerful, or even nonfiction books. It's because when you learn words from books, including audiobooks, listening, when you learn that way, you're automatically learning new words in a real situation. So you have the whole situation to remind you of the meaning. So this is why lists are not good. Now you're listening to the Effortless English Show with AJ Hogue. Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com to get my free email course. So we've talked about context. What's another great way to learn vocabulary faster? And what is the difference between active vocabulary and passive vocabulary? See, we have two kinds of vocabulary, active and passive. And often you may get confused by these or you may be upset because a common problem is 
that you may know a word when you hear it or when you read it. You, you, if you read the word, you know it. If you hear the word, ah, you know the meaning. But then later, when you try to use the word, you're talking to someone and you want to use that word, but you, you can't quite remember that word. You can't quite use it. Have you had this situation before? Well, it's very common, and this shows the difference between passive vocabulary and active vocabulary. We have both kinds. See, passive vocabulary is what you understand when you read or when you listen. And active vocabulary is the vocabulary you can actually use when you speak or when you write. Now, the normal situation is that you, your passive vocabulary is always bigger than your active vocabulary. In other words, you will know more words than you can use. People get upset about this all the time. They write me, oh, AJ, uh, when I want to use a word, I can't remember it. People get very upset. They think there's something wrong. There's nothing wrong. It's normal. This is normal for everyone, including me, including all native speakers. This is the normal situation. This is how children learn. They always know more from listening and reading than they can actually use when speaking. It's normal. See, this is the process. When you learn a new word, first it's passive. First you learn it passively. That means you understand it if you hear it, you understand it when you read it, but you're not ready to use it yet when you're speaking. That's normal. So, that, so first you don't know it. That's the first stage, right? You don't know the word at all. Then you know it a little bit when you see it. Sometimes you forget. Then finally you know it completely, but passively, meaning you know it when you see it, you know it when you hear it, but still not ready to use it yet. And then finally, the last step, it's active. You can actually use it quickly, easily, effortlessly when you speak. So this is the steps. But new words kind of go through all of these steps. So some words will be in the, in the first step. You don't know them at all. And then other words, you know, a little bit. You, you kind of know the meaning, but not 100%. And then other words, you know 100% when you see them, but you can't use them. And then finally, a smaller amount, you actually know them 100% and you can use them quickly and easily. They're active. So we're moving the words step by step. No reason to get upset if there's a word that you can't use yet. It's okay. No problem. Here's the good news. You don't need a lot of active words. You do need a lot of passive words. You need to understand a lot of words because you'll hear many, many, many words in movies. You'll see a lot of words in books, in conversations. You will hear a lot of phrases, a lot of idioms, a lot of slang, all of that. You need to understand it all to communicate well. You need a lot of passive vocabulary. You do not need a lot of active vocabulary. That's the good news. You can speak well. You can communicate powerfully with just the most common words. 
So this is what normally happens. This is what's natural is that your active vocabulary usually will be the most common words of English. That's normal, that's natural, and that's fine. A lot of people, they worry, oh, I want to use advanced vocabulary when I speak. It's not necessary. Use simple, direct words. You can communicate very well with simple, direct words, with the most common words. The most common words are the ones you will hear constantly all the time. They're the ones you will read and see constantly all the time. That's why they become active first, because there's more repetition. See, the secret from going from no knowledge, you don't know it at all, to knowing it to active is just repetition. You need to see the word more often. You need to see it repeated again and again. You need to understand it and hear it, understand it and hear it. After you understand it and hear it several times, then you'll know it passively. If there's emotion, if there's a real situation, that will happen faster. How do you make the word go from passive to active? It's just the same thing, more repetition. You need to hear it more, need to understand it more, again and again, more repetition. And if there's strong emotion and real situations, that happens faster. And eventually then it becomes active. It's more repetition. So of course, more common words, the most common words in English are the ones you hear the most often. You get a lot of repetition of these words. For example, the words I'm using right now in this show. You hear these words constantly. You hear a lot of repetition, so probably they are active for you. But maybe there's some less common word. You only hear it once or twice. So you might know it a little bit passively, but you're not ready to use it yet. That's okay. It's less common. That means you don't really need to use it so much. You probably can say what you need to say using common vocabulary. So that's the point. People want to sound intellectual maybe. I'm not sure the reason, but the point is most ideas can be communicated with simple common words. So focus your vocabulary effort more on passive, more on understanding as many words as you can. That's a lot of reading and a lot of listening, and it's using real situations, real stories, real books, not lists, not textbooks. Don't worry too much about active vocabulary. It will naturally get better as you get more repetition from listening and reading. All right, so it's time now for question time. That's when I answer your questions on Twitter. So my Twitter is twitter.com slash AJHogue. That's A-J-H-O-G-E. I'm answering your questions now. Let's go to Twitter and see what kind of questions we have. All right, here we go. Okay, um... Coach Asad on Twitter asks, what is the process of reading a novel? Should I look up every word that I don't know or just skip, along, skip it? Uh, the second one. <laughs> the way to read books or read novels, the best way, is just to read something easy 
and don't use a dictionary. Because if you have to use a dictionary, then you're stopping you know, every sentence looking for the meaning of a word. You'll never remember all of that. You will never remember all of those definitions. Also, you will not enjoy the book because you're, you can't continue with the story. You're stopping all the time with the dictionary. It's really boring. It's terrible. It's kind of an old school way of doing uh, reading. Don't do that. If you don't know a lot of words, maybe the book is too difficult. Find an easier book. This is why I say read easy novels. Read easy storybooks. And if, when you do find an, a word you don't know, just guess the meaning. If you understand most of the book, if you understand most of the words, you can guess the meaning of something new. You can guess because you understand the situation. This is what context means. You understand the context. You understand the whole situation. So you have an idea what that word means. So just guess the meaning of the word and keep reading. And then you will see that word again. And when you see the word again in a different situation, you might have a better guess of the meaning. Guess again, keep reading. Eventually, you will understand that word and you will not need a dictionary. Good question, very good question. It's question time. I'm answering your questions on Twitter. Let's go to our next question. Um, all right. Uh, this is good. If you like to watch TV shows, which would you choose as the best? Well, again, there's no best TV show. The best TV show is the TV show that you like. It's the TV show that you understand. So that's different for everyone. Generally, I would say to avoid comedies because in the beginning, uh, because comedies can be more difficult. Why? Because humor, jokes, depend on culture. And if you don't understand the culture, you will not understand the jokes. So that can be very difficult to understand in the beginning. Now later, as you understand more, yes, comedy can be quite good. It's good for you to understand the culture more. But in the beginning, I would suggest something more like a drama uh, or maybe, you know, a family type show, something like that. So, but it's up to you really. It's whatever you enjoy. So it's really more your interest that's important. All right, let's go to our Twitter questions and see what we have next. I can take a few more Twitter questions. All right, let's see. All right, Twitter. Okay, here's a question from uh, Jakob Jaworski. What, uh, what can I do when I hear a certain word constantly and I understand it, but actually I still don't know how to use it? Well, just what I was talking about. So you're constantly understanding it. I mean, you're constantly hearing a word. You're understanding it a lot, but you're still not able to use it. My advice is just relax. I mean, there's no, why, there's no reason you have to use one certain word. We need to be flexible when we communicate. So if you're having trouble with one word, don't worry about it. Maybe you still need more repetition. So don't use the word. Don't, there's, no, there's no benefit to forcing, you know, to say, I must use this word, and then trying to force yourself to do it. That just makes language, it makes... English very stressful. There are many words in English and probably you know another word that 
has the same or close to the same meaning and just use the other word that you're more comfortable with. We all do this in our own language. I do this. I have certain vocabulary that I use, certain words that I use again and again because I'm comfortable with those words. Now, I know lots of other words that I might use in one specific situation or if I'm writing, but mostly I use the words that I am most comfortable with, the ones I know the best, the ones I use constantly. It's my own personal speaking style. We all do this. So there's no need to force yourself to use a certain word. Find another word that you already know or other words. You can find a different way to say it. And eventually you will understand that word better and you will eventually use it. That's fine. Just don't make yourself stressed about it. That's the point. Relax about it. Focus on communicating your ideas, not on the parts of the language. All right, I'll take one more Twitter question and then we'll come back. Okay. Okay, here's, a, here's an interesting question. Um, and I can't pronounce the name because it's uh, Zibin Krobat. I don't know, it's a Twitter name. It says, um, are science books good for learning English for somebody who doesn't like novels or children's books? Yes. Well, here's the thing. Here's the rule about books. And, and here's my rule. It's not really a rule, but it's a suggestion, a strong suggestion. The best book is the book you enjoy. The best topic is the topic that is very interesting to you. So I use children's books, I use novels as an example because it's e you can find easy books on, that, on those topics. But if you hate those things, if they're boring, don't read those. So um, this person enjoys science and wants to read science books. Then yes, read science books, definitely. If you love cars and motorcycles, read about cars and motorcycles. Listen to audiobooks and podcasts about cars and motorcycles. If you love um, medicine, then read about medicine. It, that, the point is, read something that's super interesting to you. And you can find children's books. So if you need something easy and you like science, you could find science books for kids. Read those. And of course, eventually then you can read more difficult books can read science books for teenagers and then eventually science books for adults. So certainly if you love science, read about science. If you love sports, read about sports. All right, so our final thing, let's go to Effortless English News. It's time for the news. What's happening in Effortless English? Well, not really in Effortless English, but in a company I have, Learn Real English, with my friends Kristen and Joe, we have a new show coming. So this is the Effortless English Show. I teach you to speak English powerfully in this show. We have a new show coming next week. We're calling it Real English, Real America. And the new show will focus on culture, American culture. We'll talk about idioms and slang, and we'll also talk about different parts of American culture, especially parts of American culture that you do not see on TV and movies. See, people around the world, they have an idea of America from movies, from television, but that's not the real America. That's Hollywood America. So we're going to talk about real America. 
in the new show, my friend Kristen and I will talk about some culture topic, and we will also answer your Twitter questions, just like on this show. But we'll answer questions more about culture in that show. That show is next Friday or Saturday. In most places, it will be Saturday morning. In North America, and possibly South America, the, the show will be Friday night. So Friday night and Saturday morning, I will announce the times for the Real America show on Twitter here. So just follow my Twitter and I'll tell you the new uh, dates and times and I'll give you a link to that show. So it'll be Fridays and Saturdays. And of course, next week, very exciting, our guest next week on this show, the Effortless English Show, is Blaine Ray. Blaine Ray, in my opinion, is the best language teacher in the world. I learned a lot from Blaine Ray. Blaine Ray developed TPRS, this, a, the system of using uh, the technique, the method of using stories to teach language. And he will be our guest next week on the Effortless English Show. So come back here. So that's it for our show. As always, we end the show with our code and our mission. This is what makes our community, our international community special. Our code is simply how we treat each other, how we act. Our code has only three parts. It's very simple. We do the best we can. We do the right thing. We show each other that we care. And our mission is our deep purpose. Yes, our purpose is to help you speak English powerfully, but we even have a deeper purpose and a really strong meaning to effortless English. And that is to explore new opportunities for growth, to bring confidence, vitality, and happiness to people all over the world, to boldly go where we have never gone before. Thank you so much. I love talking to you. I love teaching you. It's so wonderful to connect with you every week. I will see you next week. As always, go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com to join our free email course or also to get one of our paid courses, Power English, the original course, or the VIP program. I will see you next time. Have a great day. Bye for now. <laughs> Bye for now. <laughs>